Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. You're listening to the Kings Cast Podcast. New episodes are released weekly. Follow on Twitter and Instagram at KingsCast. Like on Facebook and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. Welcome to Kings Cast with Eric and Ryan. This is your weekly Sacramento Kings podcast for Kings fans by Kings fans. As always, this episode is brought to you by Ziggy's Smoke Shop. You can follow Ziggy's Smoke Shop on Instagram at Ziggy's Smoke Shop 209. They have locations in Stockton and Tracy. Uh, we're coming off of a fun episode just this past week where Ryan and I came on and talked about. Uh, kind of the struggles out there in king's land and the up and down takes from fans from the media and from everything uh we dropped that nice little take about where sean holmes had a great conversation about that we've been recording our episodes every week and you can find those episodes streaming wherever you find your podcasts bringing in my co-host today as always ryan what's good bro what's going on uh yeah fucking sucks to be a king's fan right now uh five and ten um we'll we'll get there you know I uh I I've watched every single Kings game so far this year. Okay. Usually, you know, like, you know, there's games throughout the year that I'll miss, whatever, because of work. But I have really made a priority to, you know, stay up later than I usually do and and not miss a game this year. And um, you know, I I I like what I see from Darren Fox. Um I I, I sent something out on the Facebook post the other day that said uh you know, it really looks like Darren Fox took that next step. And literally, like, you can't deny the last two games he's looked phenomenal. He's inserting himself. He's getting to the basket. And, you know, I really like the confidence that he's taken from the three-point shot. So I'm going to start the podcast with a positive, and that positive is Darren Fox is playing well, and I can really give a shit about anybody else. So um, it's a good day to be here. I'm glad we're doing the podcast. As always, man, I'm looking forward to this shit. And I'm uh, looking forward to the game tomorrow, dude. It's going to be fun. Yeah, the, De'Aaron Fox has been killing it, which is good. He dropped at 43 points. I mean, the, the Kings got, they got blasted by – I think that was the Clippers game, right? They got blasted by no. – it wasn't – it wasn't no. The, no, no. He dropped 43 against um, – Pelicans? Pelicans. Yeah, I look at the box Pelicans, around, yes, yeah. yes. Yes, Pelicans. You know, my positive, if we're starting off yes. with, the, with the positives – Marvin Bagley, man, yeah, he's been he, Marvin yeah, Bagley's he, been legit, dude. Marvin Bagley's been yes, playing he has. nice. And, you know, the, these last two games, um, Bagley has been more efficient, and he's been active on the defensive end, dude. Like it, you know, like I, I could totally like I was sympathizing with people's like rants and shit on Marvin Bagley early on. He was playing bad, dude. Like we all know he can score. We all know he can get rebounds, but. He was not efficient. He wasn't playing any defense. He was turning the ball over. But, dude, these last two weeks, or these these last two weeks, these last two games show you what, you know, the level that, that Marvin and Darren Fox can play at. R- legitimately, those guys can play at that level consistently. 
And uh, that's something to be happy about, man. You know, like the, the Clippers, dude, they – what are you going to do, man? The Clippers are just better, right? Let's be real. The Clippers are a just better team. Um, you know, but that, that Pelicans game, dude, you got to win those games, man. When, you know, when you're, when, when you're, when you have the player who scores 43 points a game, dude, you got to fucking win. We don't need to really harp on the Clippers games because those are what they were. Um, but the, the Pelicans game is a good place to start, Ryan, because yeah. that was, that was a game that really, you know, I, I, I think this really, this game and this box score represents the Kings and what we thought of the Kings this season, because going into the year, you and I were in the off season. You and I were really one of the few people out there that thought that they should have tried to put together a formidable bench and try to compete this year. We thought that their starting lineup was pretty solid. We thought they played well last year. And we thought that the, the, the second half of the season last year, the Kings were pretty, they were, they were solid, you know, especially compared to the first half last year. And we thought a lot of the reason behind that was because they had got rid of a lot of the dead weight from the first half of the season, and they picked up guys like Alex Len, Kent Bazemore, Harry Giles was starting to get confident minutes later in the season. Darren Fox was hurt first half of the season, came on, was taken to that next level. So we were like, let's build on this growth. Let's build out a formidable bench. Let's try to compete this year. Now, and, and that's been the thing since pretty much our preseason predict, predictions was that the Kings' top five, six guys are – pretty talented but outside of that they're not and this box score from the pelicans i don't know if you can pull it up with me i got it's it a good rep it's a good representation of that because the starting five man fox 43 and 13 assist marvin bagley 26 and 10 healed 18 4 3 uh you know home 16 7 here's the bench though okay and here's what this is the problem with the kings and this is the big thing against teams like this in their tier where really all they had to do is beef up and get a little more formidable on the bench and they're competing in these games because you got Halliburton two points Joseph two points Robinson five Metu four that is that's literally all the production they got from their bench that's it yeah and it's like that it's a it's a you know everybody always talks about well here comes the dreaded third quarter yeah, that's, you know, that's because of the bench, dude. There was a lineup last night that they rolled against the Clippers, dude. And I, I, I had uh, put this on Kingsland, dude. And it was, it was Metu, uh, Halliburton, Justin James, Glenn Robinson, Corey Joseph. Yuck. Am I missing somebody? Did I do five right there? Yeah, no, that's five. And I, w- I literally was like, dude, are, are you shitting me right now? Like, you're rolling out there with this lineup with outside of, you know, Halliburton that's in that lineup dude there is very very borderline NBA talent very borderline and you know when when you get outscored every third quarter that's the reason right there like your starters do enough you know your top five night in and night out they do do enough you know if it's not you know like Harrison Barnes in that New Orleans game that was his worst game of the year um you know, but then you have guys badly stepped up, you know, Holmes 16 points and Buddy gets his 18 and, you know, 5'11 from three point. That's what you need from Buddy Heald, dude. If, you, if you're expecting anything more from Buddy Heald, that's just wrong. I think, I think that stat line from Buddy right there is on par of what he's going to do for the rest of the season. And, you know, it's that bench, dude, that is bad. You know, like that is really Corey Joseph, you know, two points and Halliburton, two points and two assists and three rebounds in 23 minutes, you know, and, 13 points from the bench dude yeah then that's where we've that's been criti- that's where we've been critical dude you know we we've been talking about it since day one that if this team wasn't going to succeed it was because they didn't have the firepower off the bench they they just don't have it you know and you can say oh well Bielisa was 
you know, didn't play and, and Holmes or Whiteside was hurt. Sorry. Well, those guys don't freaking play anyway. It's not like Walton's playing them crazy minutes anyway, you know? So um, there's definitely a hole with Sacramento's bench. It's definitely, um, you know, I, I would say that you, you can't make the playoffs with that bench right there. Like that's, that's it right there. Like you you can't play winning basketball when you have um, a bench of with that talent. So um, moving forward, you know, Sacramento's got to get better at that. And like you said, dude, that's something that we thought in the off season that we were away, you know, if we could just shore up that bench just a little bit, that might put you over the top. But, you know, when we did our expectations and our predictions for the season, we left Sacramento out of the playoffs. And it was mainly because of that right there. It was just, we, we didn't think that they would have the firepower off the bench, um, especially in the third quarters to compete. It's it's Kingsland's an interesting place right now because in the off season you had these these people out there who write for whatever do whatever I, I don't know who the fuck these people are you know because we're 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 fans man so we we're consumers of Kings content right and so we see everything that comes through and a lot of people were like oh we just want the Kings to lose as many games as possible or we want them to tank or we want them to trade anybody talented just so they suck to ensure that and we've talked about the the cons of doing that um you know and we were never really advocate there seems to the, the i guess the reason i'm bringing this up is because there seems to be a weird direction going on right because if you look at what the the front office's actions are when they put together this this roster um they didn't really leave with much here i mean they're now that Bielisa is completely falling out of the rotation. That's another guy. I mean, there's that's like half to half their active guys don't even sniff minutes and the one guy they brought in, they don't even want to play, even though he's in Whiteside, even though he's probably can contribute, you know, play a role. So it seems this weird thing where it's like, did they, they, it's like they didn't try to put together a competitive team. But then on the other hand, it seems like the players really, really, really want to win. Like you see, I, I read a lot of the, I, I, you know, the press conference stuff. I watch a lot of the press conference stuff. Um, they put out the clips and, everything that comes out after games is like, they're sick of it. They want to win. They're trying. The coaching staff is frustrated. They're trying, but, but then it's like, you don't see Luke Walton doing anything different with any of the rotations. You know, I know Whiteside's been hurt. I think that's going to be the real test. I think right now you can only blame Luke Walton. You can't blame him as much. Cause it's like, you can only, he can only do it with what he's got, right? You can only play with what he's got. So it's like, it's the same thing back in the day when everyone hated on Jaeger. And I was like, you know, fucking not Jaeger's fault. They gave him a bunch of shitty players. You know, it's not that guy's fault. You know, it seemed like they fired him on some personality things, and I got that. But you can I don't know, man. It seems a weird divide between players, coaching, front office. Well, it's hard It's hard to win, dude, when, you know, Me Too, um, you know, Woodard, James, and Guy, they, they would all be in the G League right now. It, you know, that's your, that's your starting five right there for, for Stockton. And it's like... You know they're just killing up roster space up up in the up in the big league, dude. And it's like, you know, it, a lot of people are blaming you know Luke Walton, saying like you said he's so bad and he's got to go. And it's like, well, what do you expect? You know that that roster right there wouldn't even win a G League championship. You know, with with me too, Woodard and and James and Guy. It's like, what are you expecting him to do? You can only go uh, so far as a coach, you know. And uh, yeah, you you know you brought up something interesting too is. You know, people talk about, you know, wanting to tank and all this stuff. And it's it's something that I want to reiterate. Um, you know, pe- people want to lose as much games as possible, but uh, just so to get assets and all that. And 
you know, I saw a lot of stuff is the core coming into the season. You know, the core was Holmes and Holmes, Fox and Bagley. And, you know, we talked about it last week and I really think for Sacramento to get better and get, you know, any true assets, dude, is yeah. Holmes is going to be gone, dude. I, it, I'm going to keep harping at this for the rest of the season, dude, because when you compare contracts and you compare, um, you know, output, Sean Holmes is crazy valuable right now just because he's playing the best basketball of his career and his, you know, his contract is expiring and he's only making $5 million a year this year, you know, so everybody, you know, everybody loves Rashawn Holmes and they think he's a part of the core, but in reality, he's a 28 year old undersized center who's on expiring contract and we can get something for him now. Um, so I'm going to keep bringing that up, dude. I know it's going to be repetitive week in and week out. It's something that we talked about with Bogdanovich last year and we ended up being right. Um, and it's something that I'm, I'm willing to die on this year is, is the Rashawn Holmes is, you know, I, I'll say it again as I like him as a player. I think he's a, I think he's a very good NBA player. I think he can have a role on a team. Um, but I think his role is closer to a Montrezl Harrell than it is to, um, you know, a starting center on a team. You know, I think he's closer to Montrezl Harrell than like a Jonas Valanciunas, you know, Jonas Valanciunas, Steven Adams, those types of guys, starting centers in the NBA who are big and strong. They rebound, they hold down the center position. Um, you know, I, I think he needs to go to, a uh, contending team. And I really think that Sacramento can really get something back for him. Really, especially if you want to attach like a Corey Joseph to him and, and get rid of contracts and get back assets, dude, that's, I'm going to be on it for the rest of the year, man. The, the thing is right now is because the Kings are losing is, is you have fans grasping. So there's, there's like two, two or three thoughts here. And you have, you have fans grasping at what's the fix for this team. And that's where, you know, you see, you see fans out there. So if you're listening and you're in our, our Kingsland thread. So if you haven't checked out Kingsland, it's our public Facebook group. Check that out. You know, we started that. It's a great place to chat with Kings fans. So if you're seeing other takes out there, Twitter or wherever, you know, you're seeing them. And you're seeing these takes and opinions from people where they're trying to find that quick fix uh, for the roster. And that's where you hear these takes of, Oh, let's see me to play more minutes. Cause he played six minutes and like hit a couple open buckets or let's see Kyle guy. And that's where we're, we're looking at it. It's like the, you know, the, the quick fix is not on the roster. So it, because the, the real problem I think is the depth. I think we've identified that it's not really the starting lineup. All those starting lineup has their deficiencies. It's not necessarily them. Like if you just added three or four players who could play average 10 a game and some guy could rebound eight a game or something, you know, it's just getting formidable on the bench. These close games against these Pelicans, against um, you know teams in their tier, they they can compete uh, in those games, you know, and and uh, that's all it takes. And that's why when you're looking at what to do, well, I, I guess I said there's multiple multiple uh, opinions. The other the other opinion, Ryan, is that um, there's there's the people who just want to give up and don't want to improve the team, and they want to just hold on to the players who are here and that's where they're more in favor of like trading but buddy and stuff and we've talked about like buddy buddy may yield something but i don't think they should try to give up on him yet his is more of a long term for me it was always a long-term play because his contract is de-escalating over a number of years no rush to get rid of that and they they kind of you need him you i mean they'd be even worse scoring without him so really barnes isn't going to yield back in return so really you got to start looking at how you can package and match contracts as Realistically, like you said, they trade Holmes and, and Corey Joseph or just Holmes straight up. They they can get they can get a bench, get two or three players, and then they can go out this year and it can be kind of like last year what they did, where they flipped Deadman who wasn't playing at all. I mean, Deadman did not play. And then they go get Bazemore. Bazemore comes in 10-11 a game. 
plays in the rotation, what happens? The Kings start becoming more competitive. That's literally all it takes. That's where a lot of Kings fans are even. It's, it's so bad right now, Ryan. It's so bad, but it's, it's true that people are having remorse that the Dante DiVincenzo trade didn't even go through. That's how bad mm-hmm. the bench is, that people in Kingsland are begging for Dante DiVincenzo which he's a solid player, but that's all it is. 10 points, a couple rebounds, you know, or a couple, you know, defensive possessions can get on the ball. He can come in and not be fucking terrible. You know, yeah, ah, that's all it takes. Well, that's the difference, you know, DiVincenzo, Corey Joseph, right? You know, and, you know, can you imagine if you, you know, if you were able to keep, you know, if you were to keep Kent Bazemore, you know, even a DiVincenzo, a Kent Bazemore, Glenn Robinson, uh, Whiteside Bielisa lineup coming off the bench, dude. That's formidable. That's solid. Those are solid NBA players, NBA talent. Um, so it, it really isn't that hard. You know, one thing. Um, am I allowed to bring up the the player we were talking about right before we came on air? Can I do that? Yeah, uh, yeah, bring, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, so like, that. you know, pe- people talk about. Um, you know, we need talented players. We need young talent assets, right? So. Uh, Kevin Porter Jr., KPJ, okay, just got traded to the Rockets for a future second round pick. Okay, we should tell 20... people. We should tell people we're recording this Thursday night or almost nine o'clock. Yeah, so he, you know, Kevin Porter Jr. was born in May of twenty or two thousand. Okay, the dude's twenty years old. He's a he's a wing player. He's athletic. He's young. He's shown major major potential. Character flaws, right? Threw some food in the locker room. Had some gun charges that were dropped. Whatever, whatever. It? Right, right. So whatever. Um, a lot of stuff that I've been seeing from Kings Media, Kingsland, you know, even the I saw somebody in the bench mob had posted this, right? You know, different outlets for Kings Media that we that we follow. Um, we don't need that type of character. We don't need that type of locker room guy. Well, you know, when you're Sacramento and you've sucked for 15 years and you've literally been the armpit of professional sports, um, you can't afford to pick and choose character guys, right? At some point, you have to take a chance on a promising 20-year-old um, who fills a major role that you could use right off the bench, a score off the bench, who can who could do multiple things. And the fact that Sacramento didn't go take a chance on this and they let him go to Houston for a future second-round pick, to me, is just disgusting. It's disgusting, dude. It's, it's, it's you got your nose in the air and you think you're better than that and you're going to try to take the high road off of, you know, whatever. Who knows what they were thinking, right? But, you know, for... For, I'm, I'm speaking, you know, off of the media and fans right now, people who thought that the Kings are above that they're above those character flaws and they're above it, it's, it's despicable, dude. It's, you know, when you're, when you're, like I said, when you're a bad team, you have to take chances on talented guys. It's what you got to do. Right. Like Sacramento, I saw somebody post this and it was a good post. And, and they said that, you know, Sacramento took a chance on Ron Artest, who is probably the most character flawed player, um, you know, of the, of the mid two thousands. Right. And Ron Artest came to Sacramento and he flourished. He absolutely flourished. Dude, some of his, you know, honestly, his best years were in Sacramento. And I really think that, you know, Sacramento should have went and got Kevin Porter, dude. That's gonna bug me because Kevin Porter, uh, you know, he might as well, you know, two years from now be out of the NBA, but there's a real chance that two years from now, he's, you know, a, a borderline uh, emerging all-star, you know, so I, I think in Sacramento where you're not getting free agents, you've been in a rut, you don't have a lot of assets, um, you should have went after Kevin Porter, man. I, I don't know. Do you agree with me with that? Do you think I'm wrong or? I think think that it's, I think it's, you know, yeah, they, they should have, they should have gotten him, 
But I guess the point I wanted to make out of, I would make out of all that, it's not necessarily even that like we're going to sit here and do a whole podcast on that dude, but it's more in that the, the Kings are, they're just, it, it's why they're unwilling to, uh, why there's just shying away from talent, you know, and, and maybe, you know, maybe we'll see, man, we'll see what comes of the season because I, I like to believe that they're trying to win. And I think I want to see them try to win. I'm not saying that they're, you know, I've never said that they're going to win. I just think they should try because I think they could surprise people and, and play to a certain level. And when you just shy away from talent, you shy away from acquisitions like this. Um, you're, you don't make any moves and you basically have a G league bench. Um, I don't know. Just as a fan of a team like that, I, I don't like that. And I know all the tankers are just so excited. You know, I'm already seeing people posting, uh, posting draft analysis, Ryan. And I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna take this take from friend of the show, Chris B. He 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 gave me this. I told him I'm gonna steal that and give you credit, Chris. But I think this is such a good a good take about Kingsland right now, Ryan. And it's it's that all of these people who've been writing for the Kings or talking about the Kings for so long, it's like they he said that they 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 don't even know how to cover a winning team. They 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 wouldn't even know what the fuck to do if it hit them on their face. So for them, they're like cheering for them to tank because it's right in their wheelhouse. You know, they can talk about all the problems with the Kings and 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 they can talk about draft analysis. And that's it seems to be where where they like. And so the hearing the people championing that it really sucks because it seems like right now the Kings front office is not wanting to be aggressive. I'm hoping I'm really crossing my fingers hoping, right? And here's why I get, it gives me hope. We you and I said that we would give until the All-Star break to really reassess, right? We said we just wanted to see to the All-Star break the team. Yep. And um you know, it, what gives me hope is last year, I, I, I look back at the Kings. I made a post about this this week. I look back at the Kings' schedule last year. They started off 0-5, and they came out of 0-5 with Bagley and Foxhurt last year. And then shortly after, Deadman couldn't play. So right there was like they're dead in the water. They, they ended up having a, a streak uh, before even January 1st last year where they lost 9 out of 10 games, kind of just like right now. And, and the season kind of turned around, and, and they kind of salvaged it, and they competed towards the end, and it was exciting, you know? I think if the te- we've always said if the Kings just regress super hard this year, I, I, it's just going to be a big setback for the roster, and that's why we're so against it, and that's why going and getting Kevin Porter for a fucking future second-round pick was, was nothing. It was nothing. Another guy out there, Ryan, what do you think? I see this take, and I, I'm usually – everyone likes to pump up pr- uh, previous Kings players anytime. Like, you know, people wanted him on Shum for, for the last two years. You know, people always talk about that, <laughs> the crazy stuff, just because he played here. But Alex Len got waived. I do think that's someone they should consider. I do think they should consider Alex Len. So we talked about this yesterday, right? When, when you look at Sacramento's roster, current roster, and you look at contracts, and you look at guys who are, who are possibly going to get moved, right? We have expiring contracts. Jabari Parker, who's going to get moved for sure, right? Like that's going to happen. You got Bielisa, expiring contract, can go to contender and can fill a stretch four role. Rashawn Holmes, who we think that – you know, talent and contract wise is going to give us back the most value. It'd be smart to move him as well. Uh, white side's got to get moved, right? Like common sense, you would think like con- expiring contracts, you know, talent wise, these guys are going to get moved. Um, you know, so everybody, and you know, surprisingly, everybody that I just named right now, uh, you know, Holmes, B. Lisa, Whiteside, they're big men. Jabari Parker, they're all big men, right? 
So obviously you can't go trade every single big man on your roster because what are you going to do? You're going to roll out there with Harrison Barnes at center? No, right? So I, I do think that, you know, bringing in Alex Lynn would be a smart move. I, I don't see why not. Um, are they going to do it? Probably not because I think they would have done it by now. But he fills a role, right? Sacramento's the worst defensive team of all time up, up until this point. <laughs> Statistically, they are literally the worst defensive team in the history of the NBA right now. Um, you know, what does Alex Len do well? Well, interior defense, he's tough, he's big, he holds down the paint. Uh, he rebounds at a pretty decent clip. Um, yeah, fuck yeah, he fills a hole. And, and should Sacramento get him? Yes. Um, I just don't think they're going to do it. But, you know, I think to get the maximum potential and maximum assets back out of your roster – you got to fill, you, you know, you got to go get guys like Alex Lynn to fill those roles after the trade deadline. Because, like I said, Jabari Parker, Rashawn Holmes, B. Elise, and Whiteside are all on expiring deals and can all be, um, you know, key pieces to a contending team come playoff time, dude. So, yeah, man, I, I actually, I, I totally forgot that we talked about that. I'm glad you brought that up again because I actually do like Alex Lynn a lot. It's the Kings have a pretty reasonable schedule coming up. I mean, really, uh, the, the, the Grizzlies games got canceled because their whole team got COVID. Um, so that, we should get a win. That, we should get a W for that. Just yeah, out of what's, principle. Yeah, what's that about? You know, so that was a back to back Sunday the, Monday games. Yeah, yeah, we're the Kings, dude. Give us, give us two wins. Give us one win at least. They play the Knicks tomorrow. Um, they have the Magic, Raptors, Heat. So NBA, man, it seems like, the, like there's no no easy buckets. You know, no easy buckets. NBA. The I wanted to talk about this because we have to keep it real and say this. And I said the other day, I'm not a fire of the coach guy, but man, when you are a very inefficient offensive team and you have the worst defensive, um, you know, team of all time thus far, again, I even said earlier, I can't blame Luke Walton entirely, but if this keeps up, that dude is totally getting canned and the Kingsland conspiracy, Ryan will, will, will come complete to an end. You know, because that, that conspiracy back then, that, that's how it capped off was Alvin Gentry taking over. Yeah. Um, do you think he makes it? you think he gets – because that's a that's – a, a people like to blame the coach. Everyone's, everyone's, just, everyone hates the coach all the time. You know, it, it's – all right, I'm going to give you an example of, of how much people hate the coach. Okay, so the other night against the Pelicans, um, Rashawn Holmes took a corner three late in the game, right? Wide open, corner three late in the game, kind of early in the shot clock if I remember correctly. And uh, people blame the coach, right? This is how bad, this is an example of how bad and irrational people are towards Luke Walton. Uh, people blame the coach. Like, wow, you drew up a play for Rashawn Holmes. And I was like, dude, really? Like you guys are blaming Luke Walton for Rashawn Holmes taking a wide open corner three at the end of a game. That's on Rashawn Holmes. That's just low player IQ. That's just Sacramento Kings doing Sacramento Kings things, dude. That has nothing to do with the coach. So I just, you know, it, it cracked me up, dude, because I got an argument on, not an argument, but a discussion online about that. And people are like, yeah, shows how good the coach is. And I'm just like, dude, really? You're going to blame that? That's on, that's completely on Rashawn Holmes, right? And I want to point something else out as well. I was talking to Eric the other day, and I told him, I'm like, dude, you know, this Rashawn Holmes push shot, right, from like 12 feet in, it might just be the most automatic shot in the NBA right now, right? Like he's the most efficient player in the league, technically, statistically. Um, like, dude, honestly, if he gets that shot seven out of ten times, that's going in. I don't understand why at the end of the game Rashawn Holmes didn't take like three steps in because he was so wide open and do his little push shot. You know, but that's beyond me. But that just that was an example of how irrational everybody is for Luke Walton. But – 
uh, getting back to Eric's thing is I don't think that, you know, it's a positive thing for Luke Walton to get canned um, mid season, unless the team completely gives up on him. Right. Like if, if De'Aaron Fox comes out, cause this team goes where, where Fox takes him. Right. So, you know, so far Fox has said everything correctly in the media, but if De'Aaron Fox comes out and he says, you know, something negative about Luke Walton, um, then I think you need to start, you know, looking in the mirror and, and possibly firing him. But so far, nope, the players, they haven't given up on him. They've, you know, Harrison Barnes came out the other day and said that this is on us. We just need to play better. You know, it's not coaching. So I'm not a fan of, you know, firing the coach midseason, especially when you have the track record of Sacramento of, uh, of firing coaches, you know. Um, I just don't think it's a positive, dude. Just let it ride out. Let let Luke Wald ride it out and see where it goes. The... Okay, right. So we, we started off with a positive. We kind of went into everything kind of negative that's going on right now. It's just a weird time. I mean, you know, it's, it, you don't, it's, we're, we're fans, right? That's, we don't do this because we're trying to be pros. We do this because we're fans and we enjoy talking, sharing our thoughts, you know? So, but when the Kings are losing this many games, you know, it's, what are, what are you supposed to do? You come on here and you say, what, what the issue? I mean, really, I think it's not, I'm not very surprised. I mean, this is what happens. I'll remind everybody every week when you're when you're a borderline, you know, team. I can't even say borderline playoff team right now because they're not. But like last year, they were right. But when you're in that tier, you kind of expect to go through times like these where you lose a bunch and and it's up and down. You're never going to go on big win streaks. So it it, it is what it is. This is kind of how that is. Um, I just it 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 is difficult because. I will say that the positives are, man, the starting lineup, a lot of the players just like we started the show off just look good. I mean, Holmes is Holmes is having a great year, and I hope that that all gets sorted out. You know, people have their opinions, but I, I, I don't know. He's playing well, okay? Barnes is playing the you know, really well, best he's had in years. You know, uh, Buddy Hill's starting to come into that rhythm. Fox is killing it, fucking killing it. You know, the one is Halliburton. They're, they're counting on Halliburton, Ryan, to be the sixth man. And he, he played well in the first seven games, and everyone got so excited. But he's came back to earth. I was, you know, who's really good is Katie, Katie Hunter, Katie Christensen. I don't know what her mm-hmm. name is now. Yeah, Katie I watch Hunter, all yeah. the pre and post games. She's so solid, dude. She drops yeah. a lot of, when it comes to X's and O's takes, that's the one person in Kingsland I listen to because she she's just a pro. And one thing she brought up was like, uh, you know, that Halliburton's starting to, to get scouted a little bit those shots those those shots are are not going to be as easy as he had you know he there are people he talking about oh he's leading the nba or whatever in three-point percentage 16 attempts i think he had when he was leading so they're all corner threes open like it's just going to get more difficult for him throughout the year and so counting on him is going to be kind of tough but this is difficult when when you see the potential and you see fox there who is so good that you would you really just as a king's fan you know you wanted we wanted of anything to for the Kings to be to get the hype and the love and the excitement that the Memphis Grizzlies uh, get, you know, and that's one of the things that the tanking people, I think, Ryan, um, they miss that point. They're so oh, I'm analytical. I'm gonna look at the draft prospects, and it's like that's great. Look at that later in the year, but there's there's something to be said about the perception of your team from the outside. You you hit me up uh, this past week that you know they do they do these lists ESPN Bleacher Report they all mm-hmm. do these lists and they talk about top ranked duos top ranked under twenty five duos and stuff and you don't see the Kings with Bagley and Fox being represented on that 
You see, uh, uh, Fox, Fox, and Halliburton were on that. They were like number seven. In Halliburton, they, after seven games, gets yeah, that love. But it, you see, it was it was Fox and Halliburton. Yeah. But 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 if you look at the Memphis Grizzlies, you know they're they're right around where the Kings are at. But they get so much excitement, dude. And everyone had, loves everyone loves Jaron Jackson. Jaron Jackson's fifteen points, and that's it. He doesn't do anything yeah, else except they, for score, dude. The thing that was crazy to me because I want to say it was Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, rightfully uh, as number one, right? Um, but they, I I want to say. Brandon Ingram and Zion were below. I can't remember. I think I, I, you might have to correct me if I'm wrong. We might come back, but I want to say that Jaron Jackson and John Morant were above Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson. Okay. And above uh, Trey Young and John Collins, dude. And for me, you look at, you know, when, when none of those teams are playoff teams, right? Last year and to this point, none of them are playoff teams, whatever. You go off a statistical output, right? And the fact that you could leave out an all-star Brandon Ingram and and really just a everybody knows Zion's gonna be a really good player for for a long time. And then Trey Young and John Collins, who, you know, last night Trey Young put up thirty-eight and like ten, and John Collins put up uh, you know, like thirty-one and eleven or something like that. Like the fact that you're just giving that love to Memphis, um, it really drives it drives me nuts, dude. I I I, it, you know, it's something that me and you have talked about for a long time, dude, honest, I'll come out and say right now, I think Darren Fox is better than John Morant. I really do. I, I, it is, you know, he's better. He's better. And I don't think that Jaron Jackson's better than Marvin Bagley. Really? Like if you were to sit there and tell me that, like, I, I, I can make an argument that Bagley's just as good. So, um, but yeah, you're right, dude. People miss that point of, you know, you know, we got to get that. We want that hype, dude. We want that respect for our young guys, dude. And that's the biggest thing is, um, you know, the tanking doesn't do, you know, Losing games doesn't help, especially in Sacramento when you've been bad for so long. So at some point you got to put something together. Um, so yeah, I just I want I want Darren Fox to get that, that fucking respect, dude. I really that's do. what it is, and that, and that's what's killing me. The guy gets a max contract this year. He's got the microscope on him. He came out. He's expanded his offensive game. He's more confident from the arc. He's got way more moves taking it to the hole this year. Um, he's doing everything right. And you just want to see that hype coming through. You look at Memphis Grizzlies last year. They were in the same boat as kind of like the Kings are this year, where they, you know, they're probably not going to make the playoffs. But they, what do they do? They try. They go get Justice Winslow. They, they're trying. And, and, and that's what it is. And I, like I said, that, that is what the people miss is the hype. It's the excitement. You can build on things. It's one step forward each year. I'm not so focused on these draft picks because like you and I always say, you can't count on these guys for four or five years, man. So it's it's really just at some point they're going to need to decide. The front office is going to need to decide. Are we going to kick it into that next year and put a fucking real team around them so they can compete, win or not? You know, and and, and I yeah. goddamn it, Ryan, I don't want to hear the counter from these people out here. Well, what what's what's the good making the ninth seed or making the eighth seed? That does no good. Shut up, man. Because yeah, it's, people, it, people talk about. Yeah, pe- people talk about it. People talk about a culture change, right? They talk about a culture change. This the culture around Sacramento basketball is bad. It's it's bad. This you know the stench that's in the air. You know how you get rid of that? You make the fucking eight seed. You make the eight seed. You show that you're capable of winning. You show that there's a little bit of promise there. That's how you get the stink out. That's how you change the culture. And you know, um, one thing I want to bring up real quick before we close out, Eric, before you do your thing. Um, you know, for, for everybody that's talking about, hey, we need a tank for this guy. We need a tank for this for this guy who's in college now. We need to do this for this guy. 
Um, you know, coming out last year, Cole Anthony was the number one player in the nation, right? It was Cole Anthony and James Wiseman, right? Cole Anthony went like 14 to Orlando. Okay. Um, so for all you people that think that you can count on a young guy right now, um, tank for this guy, that's wrong because when the draft boards come back, um, there's going to be guys like Halliburton who weren't even a, a, a top 10 guy last year who emerges. Um, so the, the, that whole culture of just losing, dude, I freaking hate it. And, and I will go to battle with anybody who tries to say otherwise, dude, like you, you don't want a, a bad culture, dude. And that's what Sacramento's had for a long time. And the only way to change the culture is to win. And, uh, you know, when you have a cornerstone like Darren Fox, dude, you, you can't do him wrong and, and, you know, surround him with G league players like he does right now. You, you got to support the guy and you got to give the guy the incentive to want to be here and want to win. And uh, yeah, dude, there so far Darren Fox is what this is year four. If I'm year three, year four, and, and they haven't done him justice yet at all. They haven't done the guy, his due, his due respect. And um, you know, try to get a return on the investment you just placed. The looking forward, Ryan, looking ahead, next couple of games, and we're not going to fix the team, save the team right now. Um, if anything, I, 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 w- I would say that I want to see, I want to see white side play that that's something I think is, is, is a little thing. I want to see him get some minutes and, and I would like to see someone else figure, can Jabbar Parker not play basketball, Ryan? Is he no, not? He, is he just done playing no, basketball? He, Can he not no, play? No, you want to know what, dude? The guy will go somewhere else, and and at the deadline, he's going to go to a contender like the Lakers or something, dude. You know, he's going to go Clippers, Lakers, uh, Milwaukee, Miami. He's going to go somewhere, dude. He's going to provide a spark off the bench, dude. And, um, you know, it's just Sacramento's preference not to play him. I don't get it. Um, you know, I would much rather have him out there than um, – you know, like me too, or, or be Elisa. Cause I, I do think that the, the guy's proven he can score, you know, 15 a game easy. Um, and it's, you know, his whole thing is he doesn't play defense, but nobody else on the team does. So who gives a shit? Right. So I guess that was my thing next, the next week, I'd like to see him try some different stuff. If they, if they roll up there with that regular starting five, they make those standard substitutions. Like they've been, if they don't want to play wide side, they don't want to play anybody. They want to go the same fourth corner stuff and then lose in the same fashion. Then we're going to be on here next week talking about the same thing, same thing, same thing. And, and uh, if anything, guys, tonight we talked, you know, uh, the, the, the answers isn't in the bottom of the bench. It's, it's going to have to be some of some of the stuff we're talking about, you know, we think so. Hey guys, we appreciate you listening in. If you ever want to interact or be a part of the show, you can do so by tagging us. You can find us on Twitter and Facebook at case guys, Eric, KCS Ryan, uh, as I mentioned, we're active in a number of Facebook groups, including our own Kingsland. Join that. We're out there every day. Game threads, the works. It's fun. And if you ever want to stay up to date with the podcast, you can check us out at Kingscast. So with that, for Ryan, this is Eric. Go Kings. Kings. This episode was brought to you by Ziggy Smoke Shop, 209's headiest smoke shop. Follow them on Instagram at Ziggy Smoke Shop 209 for a view of all of their awesome inventory.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.